All right, so Matthew 1, 18 18 through 25 reads as follows. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So this is God's word, family. Amen. God's word. So brief context on the book of Matthew is that uh, Matthew, the apostle Matthew, who was called by Jesus to follow Jesus, Uh, He was a former tax collector, uh, but he was called to follow Jesus. He is the author of this book. And if you know, there are four Gospels in uh, the Bible. And so Matthew is one of the four Gospels. And that word gospel means good news. And what is that good news? The good news means uh, it's about Jesus's life, death, burial and resurrection. And so Matthew is an account of Jesus's life, death, burial and resurrection. And after Matthew walks through the family lineage of Jesus in verses 1 through 17 of chapter 1, uh, we now learn how Jesus was born in verses 18 through 25, where we're at this morning. And so here's what I want to do in our time. Here's what I want to do. I I want to show us from this passage three important truths about Jesus' coming. So three important truths about Jesus' coming. So if you're taking notes or if you're typing them or anything along those lines, here's those three important truths that we're going to walk through in our time together. Here's number one. His coming was a part of the plan. So his coming was a part of the plan. And we'll see that in verses 18 through 20 and also 22 through 23. Number two, his coming had a purpose. His coming had a purpose. And so we'll see that in verse 21. And then verse, uh, sorry, uh, number three uh, is his coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. So that's number three. So his coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. And so we'll see that in verse 23. So his coming was a part of the plan. His coming had a purpose. And then his coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. Let's look at the first one. His coming was a part of the plan. And so his coming was a part of the plan. So uh, when we think about the grand narrative of scripture, if we were to take a a step back and kind of think about the the main overarching themes of the Bible, uh, those themes would be uh, creation, fall, redemption and new creation. Right. Or in another way to express the gospel, it would be God, man, Christ's response. Right. And so when we think about God, God is the holy creator. He's the holy creator. He's God. He's good. Uh, There's no one like him. He's in a league of himself. And he created everything. 
created all of the, the birds, the animals, you know what I mean, the 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 seas, the sky, he created everything. But then he created all of you all on this call and myself and, and others all around the world. He created you all, us, unique. He created us in his image after his likeness. And so nothing else on the face of the earth can, can bear that identity but human beings. That we were all created in the image of God after his likeness and that we were all created to worship him. Um, and that we all have dignity, worth, and purpose found in God. But the story continues, as you may know, that we are fallen. We are sinful. That we have sinned against a holy God. That none of us on this call, when we were little, uh, none of us had to be taught how to lie or steal. It was just in us. We we inherited that from our first parents, Adam and Eve, and their disobedience. And so because of their disobedience, uh, we, if, we have inherited their disobedience, and therefore we have also inherited their judgment that they deserve, that we all deserve because of our sin. And so I want you to, uh, if you can, scroll over to Genesis 3 or either uh, turn to Genesis 3. But let's, let's look at Genesis 3. Really briefly, just to kind of highlight one thing here in relation to the fall. So we have fallen. We're sinful. And so we know that uh, Satan who uh, comes, he deceives Adam and Eve to uh, yeah, disobey a direct command that God had given Adam and Eve to not eat of the fruit that was on the tree. They they disobey. And because of their disobedience, um, they basically ruined it for everybody <laughs> who was to be born after them. And we all have been caught up in that. Right. But I want I want to point out something that's very important about uh, the theme of which we're talking about this morning. So look at Genesis three fifteen, Right. And so this is after Adam and Eve have disobeyed God. Uh, this is now uh, God. Um, after Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, knowing, I mean, he's, he's God, he, he can see them, uh, but they tried to hide from him. But even in, even in that, like he comes to them, what mercy grace is that? Like God still comes to them, even in their sin, he still comes to them. And so he here walks through judgment, right? For the serpent and for Adam and Eve. But in Genesis three fifteen, here's what he says. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So this right here is a promise that God made in the beginning of time, in the beginning of the Bible, that there will be a seed to come. That there will be a person who would be born to do away with Satan. And to uh, provide hope and peace for us. And so then all throughout scripture, right? All throughout Genesis up until the book we're in this morning, Matthew, God has been working out that promise, working out that plan, working out. There's a word, it's, it's you know, typology. What that means is like, so, you know, Adam and Noah and Moses and David and 
Others throughout the scriptures were types of the one to come. And they were all uh, pointing to Jesus who was to come, who we are thinking about and talking about this morning, who we are celebrating uh, this season and all of life. And so God promises that this seed will come and he fulfilled his promise in Jesus being born where we find ourselves in the text this morning. And so here's what I want to do. Let's look back at uh, Matthew 1 verse 18 and we'll, we'll walk through that. Um, so here's what's going on in the passage this morning is that in verse 18, we learned that Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married, right? So that word betrothed there, um, you see that in the ESV, but in other translations, it may say engaged. Um, and so Joseph and Mary were engaged together. And in the first century, uh, engagement practically meant that you were legally bound together, right? That you were legally bound together. It was a serious thing. And so to to walk away from, you know, engagement uh, on a serious note would, would, would mean that you're yeah, walking away from the marriage, that you are, you are pursuing divorce, as we even see here, uh, was attempted in our passage, right? And before they were married uh, and were intimate with one another, uh, Mary pops up pregnant, right? She pops up pregnant. So this, was, this wasn't an ordinary pregnancy, uh, well, in some ways, every every pregnancy is extraordinary and miraculous by God's grace. But but this one was supernatural. Uh, it was supernatural because God worked through his power to bring about the pregnancy. So God, in his power, in his grace, supernaturally brings about this pregnancy. You see that phrase here in the text. It says she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So this was a supernatural work of God. That only God could do. So then in verse 19, Joseph wants to call it quits, right? Uh, I mean, could you imagine what was going through his head at this time? Uh, you know, he's like, man, my, my wife-to-be done wound up pregnant, uh, and it ain't mine. I don't know how this has happened. As the text even said, they, you know, they hadn't been with one another yet, right? So could you imagine what's going through his head? Uh, the brother had some character, though. Like, he... he you know, as we see in the text, he was going to divorce her quietly. He didn't want to bring shame to her. Right. Um, so the brother had some character. But then in verse 20, as he was thinking on this, this decision, uh, we see that God mercifully sends an angel. Right. An angel to to give Joseph the scoop of what's going down of what's happening, what's going on. Right. And here's what the angel tells Joseph. He says, Joseph, son of David. Do not fear, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So a miraculous birth, right? A supernatural miraculous birth that will lead to a miraculous and supernatural salvation of many souls. This is what we see on display here, right? Already in the text, right? That this supernatural birth will lead to a supernatural work of salvation uh, in the lives of people who would trust Jesus by faith. So this was part of God's plan. Like this wasn't something that caught him by surprise. Like he had been working out this plan from the beginning of time, right? We, we even, so we, we even see that 
briefly in our time as we looked at Genesis 3.15, as, as this seed was to come and it was appointed to Jesus who fulfilled that promise back in Genesis 3.15. But then also uh, Jesus's birth fulfills the prophecy and the promise that we see in Isaiah 7.14. So verse 23 in our passage of uh, chapter one is a quote from Isaiah 7.14. And here's, here's what it reads. It says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So God fulfills this prophecy in Jesus's birth, in his coming. So Jesus's birth fulfilled God's promise. Nothing could stop his plans, even though there were things that that happened throughout the course of time that tried to prevent it, things that happened. But nothing could thwart God's plan. Nothing could stop his plan. His plans will always prevail. Right. So Jesus's coming was a part of the plan. Here, number two, uh, his coming had purpose. His coming had purpose. So look back with me at verse 21. Here's what it reads. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So. Here we see that right here, that this was Jesus's purpose in coming. This, this was Jesus's purpose in coming. It wasn't uh, Jesus's purpose in coming uh, to, you know, know, do what the religious leaders and and everyone thought he would do right in his coming, that he would be, uh, although he is king, but that he would be the king that reigns and rules. Right. Uh, they, They were looking for a different type of king. Uh, Jesus didn't come to, you know, provide us a, a, a big house, a nice car and all these different things and all that jazz. Although, you know, not to say any of those different things are, are wrong in some sense. Right. But he didn't come. He didn't come to, to do that. He came. His purpose was to come to live and to die. To die for sin. This is what the text tells us, right? And not only die for sin, but to rise again, to offer his life as a ransom for many. And in his dying and rising for the dead, to offer salvation to all who would put their trust in him by faith. And so question for you this morning, have you trusted Jesus for salvation? Do you, this is the most important question that you can ever answer in your entire life. There's no other question that's more important. There's no other question that your answer begs the right answer more to than this question is, do you know Jesus? Have you trusted Jesus for salvation? In your heart of hearts, do you know him? If so... Praise God. Praise God that God has saved you. That, yeah, he saved you from yourself, from the wrath to come. That due to sinners, as we delved in a little bit earlier, thinking about the fall. But if you don't, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't trusted Jesus, my question for you would be, why not? Why not? What are you what are you waiting on? 
agree with God about your sin this morning, that you are a sinner and that we're all sinners and that we are in need of saving and that you and I can't save ourselves, but that God, he sent the escape. He, he, like, he sent Jesus. He sent your way uh, to escape, to, to uh, yeah, escape the, the wrath that is to come. He sent Jesus to pay for the penalty of sin that you and I deserve. And that if, if, if you were to die in your sin this morning, God forbid, that, that you would be eternally separated from a loving God who created you in his image at his likeness. Receive him by faith this morning. Trust in Jesus this morning. He lived, he came, he lived, he died, he rose from the dead in your place, in my place, so that we might be made right with God, so that we might know him and enjoy him forever. Like that was what you were created for. That's what I was created for, to know God and to enjoy him forever. Jesus is who you need to look to, to trust so that you can know him and enjoy him forever. I want to invite you to that this morning. If you don't know him, repent. Repent just means to to turn away from sin, to turn away from uh, all of the other things that you are putting in the place of God, all the other things that you are worshiping more than God, your idols. Repent of those things, repent of sin, turn away from those things and turn to Jesus in trust, in soul belief in what he has done. And the Bible says you'll be saved. And you'll be welcomed into a family of others who have been saved by the same blood, who are seeking to live a life that's pleasing to God, who is seeking to, uh, yeah, seeking to uh, see Jesus forever. We are on that journey as we are longing for his return. So we, we celebrate his birth, right? We remember his death and then we anticipate his coming. He is coming again. And he is coming for those who know him. He's coming for his people. And so we want you to get in on that. We want you to, to be a part of his people. So would you do that? Would you trust him? He is worthy of your trust. He is worthy of your belief this Christmas season. And then lastly, number three, his coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. His coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. Look back with me at verse 23. Here's what it reads. It says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I don't know of another comforting truth this morning, especially in this season, right? Other than God is with us. God is with you you this morning if you know him we need to yeah be reminded of that this morning that god is with the believers he is with you to know that even in the midst of the pandemic that we're still in the craziness of this pandemic uh yeah the 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 loss 
that we've experienced during this pandemic and even before. That, yeah, we're, we're grieving, right? The loss of loved ones and friends. God is with you this morning. He's with you. Uh, the, the positive COVID results that some of us in our membership, you know, received this last week. Uh, first and foremost, that you, you don't feel well this morning, right? You haven't felt well over these last couple of days. And then even how this has prevented you, for those of you who were planning to travel, to be with family and friends, um, you weren't able to do that because of this. So this COVID changed your plans as it's changed all of our plans in a lot of ways over these last, what, two years. God is still with you this morning. He's still with you. He's, he's uh, providing comfort for you. He's, he's providing healing for you. He's providing peace for you this morning. He is with you. Some of you all feel alone this morning. And you felt alone for a long time. God is with you this morning. You are never alone. If you're a believer, you're never alone. He is with you. And he's provided his church family to be with you. You are never alone. Some of you all have been suffering in different ways for quite some time, and you're tired. You're tired. You're exhausted. God is with you. God is with you. He can refresh you. He can give you the strength to endure. He can help you persevere. He has been helping you persevere. You haven't been doing that in your own strength. It's been God helping you, keeping you, protecting you. He is with you. He is with us. Some of you all, some of us, got some big decisions that you have to make. Big decisions, life-changing decisions, decisions that have already probably been made. And you're working those details out now or decisions that you will have to make. And you're trying to figure out how in the world am I going to do this? How is this possible? How is this going to work out for me? God, well, he's with you in that. He's able to provide you wisdom, provide you grace, understanding. Right? We're reminded from James 1 that God will Give you wisdom if you only ask. If you only ask, God said he'll give you wisdom generously. So look to him in whatever that decision is or whatever moves you need to make or whatever you're thinking, whatever you're processing. Please consult God who is able to give you wisdom, who is all wise and able to give you wisdom. So my, my prayer this morning, family, is that you would find hope in this promise this morning. That you would find hope in this truth this morning that God is with you through it all and in it all. He's with you. God never promised that we wouldn't have hard times. There's no, that's nowhere in the Bible. He's never promised that you and I will never have hard times. He's never promised that you and I won't suffer. He's never promised that you and I wouldn't get sick. He's never promised that our loved ones wouldn't pass away. He's, he's, he's never promised any of these different things. But he did promise that he'll be with you 
through it all and in it all. He did promise. And you can bank on that promise this morning. You can bank on that truth this morning. God has been promising his people all throughout scripture, right? That he will be with them. You remember uh, Joshua 1.9, right? What does he tell Joshua there? He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. Tells the people of God in Isaiah 41.10. This is one of my favorite verses, probably my life verse. Uh, he says in Isaiah 41.10, he says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's with you, family. He's, he's with us. We even see it in our passage this morning, don't we? That Jesus' name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So he's with us. And then here's what I love. Here's, here's what I love. To close out the book of Matthew, I find it mad dope and just, just comforting that the way Matthew starts out the book, he ends the book, right? So he starts out by letting us know that God is with us. Jesus is, his name means God with us. But then he ends with the promise that God will be with us, right? Right? Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus commissions uh, the believers to go and make disciples, commissioning all of us to go and make disciples, here's what he says. He says, uh, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And here's, here it is. And behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. So the way Matthew starts out the book is the way he closes the book. Letting us know that God is with us. He's with us. You are never alone, family. God is with you. Even in the hardest of times, even in the darkest of days, God is still near He's still fulfilling his promise. He keeps his promises. He promised to be with you and he is with you and he will be with you. If you're not a believer this morning, God can be with you. God can be with you. Look to him and receive him by faith this morning and receive this same promise that he promised to his people that he will be with you, that he'll be with you. Confess your sin before him, receive him by faith, and God will be in you and with you as he is with all of us who bear the name of Christ. So his coming was a part of the plan. His coming had a purpose. His coming fulfilled the promise of his presence. And so here's what I'm going to do. To, to close out our time, I want us to spend some time in prayer. I want us to spend some time in prayer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop these in the chat and we'll do popcorn style. And what that means is just, yeah, like we'll have someone start um, and, you know, continue to pray uh, throughout different people if you feel led. And then when I uh, kind of feel like we are approaching the end, I'll then close this, right? But here, here are the... Uh, 
four prayers that I want us to pray. And I'm going to drop these in the chat in just a second. Um, want us to, to pray for continued healing for those uh, in our congregation who have tested positive for COVID and other congregations and just throughout the entire world, just praying for uh, yeah, continued healing and comfort and peace uh, for those who have tested positive for COVID. And then also pray for, for those of us who are grieving the loss of loved ones in this time. Uh, pray for, for comfort for, for those of us who have lost loved ones uh, and are just grieving heavily right now, right now, even as we're on the call. And then number two, pray for those who are feeling alone. Pray for those who are feeling alone. Number three, pray that we'll all find hope, joy, and peace in Jesus' coming. Pray that, pray that this Christmas season and really all, uh, all year, the rest of this year, and, and going into the new year and all of life, that we'll find hope, joy, and peace in Jesus' coming. And not only his coming, but his, his life, death, burial, and resurrection. But then lastly, number four, pray for the salvation of family members, of friends, of co-workers, of neighbors, et cetera, et cetera. Pray that, yeah, that they would know the real reason why we're celebrating this season. And that is about Jesus and that he came to deal with our sin. And so pray for the salvation for, for those of us. All right. So let me, let me drop those in the chat and then we'll, we'll spend some time in prayer to, to end this morning. So let me find those and drop those. So let's do that. Let's, let's spend some time in prayer. And as you all pray popcorn style, I'll then uh, close us. And I'm going to ask my, my wife if she's available. Babe, if you could uh, pray for the first book to get us started. And then we'll have everyone else who feels led and are able to jump in and pray uh, for the rest of the prayer points.